0: Sagemont Church is a gathering of Christian believers in the southeast area of Houston, Texas. Today's message is from our senior pastor, Dr. John Morgan. While you're opening your Bible to Matthew chapter 28, let me take just a moment to speak to those of you that are here for the first time, to welcome you to the campus here at Sagemont. I hope you'll communicate with us with those cards that are right in front of you and let us know how we can better minister to you. Also at the end of the service, we will have a couple of options for you. One is uh, I will be going to our hospitality room to greet you if you're a first time guest and to share with you my feelings of appreciation for your presence. And we're also gonna give you some things to take home with you that you can share with people as long as you live. And we want to give you those things. That room is across from the library over in the direction which I'm pointing, just go out to the uh, lobby, turn down the west uh, uh, foyer, and we are on the left right across from the library. And then also we'll open up what we call the Connections uh, Center, which is our lobby off of the main lobby back this way, which is reserved for those of you that would like to talk about something spiritual that's going on in your life, maybe you wanna know more about what it means to be born again, to be a child of God, how you can be adopted in the family of God. Maybe you're looking for a church home and you've decided Sagemont's my place. Uh, We will uh, begin the process to get your uh, membership transferred here to Sagemont. Maybe you just have a burden uh, that you're carrying. You want to pray with somebody. That will be wonderful. Uh, Maybe God's calling you to some special assignment. Uh, Maybe the ministry, full time, and you want to talk to somebody. What I do? How can I understand this? That's what it's for. That lobby is a beautiful place of privacy, love, where you can uh, visit with people and they will share with you as you share with them. And they will share in response to you, not that they have a canned thing they're going to present to you. They are just there for you to know that we care. Maybe you have a particular need in your life. It could be a need for a helping hands ministry. I don't know, but just trust me. That is a safe spot for you to go after this service if you need to stay for a few moments and talk to somebody. It's always interesting to me, the longer I live, the more the scriptures I learn first become even more and more special. Whenever we learn scriptures as children, we learn to quote them. Sometimes we understand a little part of them and sometimes we understand more. But the longer we live, I find it quite interesting that certain scriptures just keep popping back up and popping back up. They become more and more applicable to our life. Today's scripture is such a scripture. It is one that people have memorized for a long time Uh, From the beginning of the writing of the scripture uh, in the 28th chapter of Matthew the last two verses are two that can be quoted by literally millions of people around the world. It is a command of our Lord a command given right after his resurrection and it is a profound piece of scripture and again the longer you live the more profound it becomes. And so today we're going to look at it. Many of you have heard the saying where there's a will, there's a way. Well, I've sort of spun off of that and I'm entitling the sermon today where there's a command, there's a way. If God commands us to do something, then there's a way that he's going to allow us to do it. He never commands us to do something. It is absolutely impossible for us to do. He simply says, this is what I want you to do. Here's the way we're going to do it. And we're going to talk about that today. And I hope that you find the message to be very helpful, whether you are just starting your Christian journey, thinking about starting a Christian journey, or whether you are way down the road and you just begin to realize, I'm afraid I've made this journey and I've missed some things. It's sort of like going to some place you've been there on vacation 25 times and somebody goes for the first time. They come back telling you about something you didn't see in the 25 times you went. You want to go back and go one more time. You know, I've been there all those times. I never saw that. That's the kind of thing we're going to talk about today. So out of respect to the word of God, I want to invite you to stand as I read to you two verses from Matthew 28. I welcome those that join us on the Internet, those that listen by radio and those that watch living truth. May the Lord bless you and thank you for joining us in our worship time here at Sagemont Church in Houston. Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen and 20. Jesus speaks these words. Go you therefore and teach all of the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. The biggest challenge that I face as a pastor, and possibly the biggest challenge that you face... As one that is out there in the army of God and the family of God, is the challenge of convincing people number one, that God loves them, and number two, God has a plan for their life. It seems to be so difficult for so many to just take a very simple teaching of Scripture, ignore it put it aside, and go about with business as usual and miss the best thing you could possibly receive from the Lord at this time in your life. There is nothing in life that is more exciting than experiencing God's will and God's plan. There is set out before us by the Lord a purpose, he has saved us for a purpose, created us for a purpose, calls us out for a purpose. Satan has tried to interrupt that so that the majority of people never discover God's purpose for their life. They go around trying to figure out what's going on and why this and why that. And I don't understand this. And I don't understand that. And that battle rages, not only in your life, and you may feel like I'm sort of the Lone Ranger in this. I don't, I don't think anybody feels like I do. Most people feel like you do. Because most people have never discovered God's plan for their life. They do everything they can to try to read books and go to seminars trying to determine how do I find what I'm supposed to be doing. And they cast aside the truth That will show you what you're supposed to be doing. And where the scripture says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. It is simply saying the quicker you understand that God had your life planned and says so over and over in the Bible before you ever conceived in your mother's womb. I knew my thoughts for you. And yet you go along and you stumble around trying to find what in the world am I here for? Why do you think that people go off to college, as expensive as it is, and start with one major and maybe stay there two, three, or four more years trying to find another major, another major, another major, another major, spending all of that money, building up all of that debt many times, and then they graduate and they still don't know what they're supposed to do. When God says, I've had plans for you, before you was ever born, why don't you find out what I've got planned for you? You know what one of the plans for you is? What I just read to you, to go to the uttermost parts of the world and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, let me tell you what that is. He never tells us, go spread Christian religion. He says, go share the gospel because the gospel is good news. You know what you do when you share the gospel? First of all, you just go out and you know that person you're fixing to talk to is just as confused as you used to be. And that person is just as important to God as you are. And that God can do for that person what he did for you. If you'll just simply understand why you are here and why you were left here once salvation came into your life. Getting people, the challenge is getting people that uh, are in the church to quit majoring on come and listen and start majoring on go and tell. Believers experiencing real life that fulfills their need because in real life, you're doing what God called you to do. I'm not asking any of you to come out of retirement. I'm not asking any of you to quit your job and go to Africa as a missionary. I'm asking you to discover God's place for you where you are and why your life for, in many cases is not being fulfilled today. And you may be young, middle-aged, or older. So I'm going to ask you a question. You ever been on a short-term mission trip? Last year, over 2,000 Sagemot members. The year before that, over 2,000 went on a mission trip somewhere in the world. Now, some of them, their mission trip was to the Third Ward in Houston. Some of it was to the Pasadena Schools. When uh, they did the Project 770989, Others of you went to India, Africa, the Sudan, Kenya, Zambia. Some of you went to China. Some of you went to Russia. Some of you went to the, the inner city of a place other than Houston. Some went to New Zealand or maybe Mexico. Do you remember how it was when you had that strange culture... That weird food, I remember when I went to India. I was so frightened of their food, I carried a vein of sausages and crackers and pork and beans and peanut butter and jelly, and that's all I ate for two weeks. <laughs> and uh, because I just didn't think I wanted to eat what they ate. And then when you go out and you see people with scars on their body, maybe maimed because of their Christian faith, or maybe you saw babies that were hungry in the, in the slums of Nairobi, Kenya, And you saw that, you experienced that, and you endured that horrible heat and sometimes maybe very cold, maybe very wet. But let me ask you a question. Do you remember how when you came back to the comfort of home, there was somewhat a down the next week? Because for one week in your life or two weeks, you saw firsthand the power of the Holy Spirit in changing people's lives dramatically. Why do you think many people in Sagemont go over and over and over and over on those mission trips? Even though the church pays part of their way, they pay part of their way. They take their vacation. Why do they keep going back? Because they have experienced for just a little while what God wants all of us to experience all of the time. Let me bring it back home. So I've never been on one of those mission trips. Have you ever been to a revival meeting. Do do any of you remember back in the 60s when Billy Graham came to Houston, Rice Stadium had opened, and every seat was packed, and Billy Graham preached, and thousands of people came and gave their heart to Jesus Christ, one of them being Buddy Griffin, who is on our staff as our men's leader, plays the banjo, etc., etc., etc. Or maybe it was that little two-week revival, if you're really old, because two weeks became one week, and then one week became three days. And back there in those days of revival, you saw, as I can remember one of our members, I'll not call his name because I have not gotten permission to do so, but he was a senior at my high school and a different year than I was there, and he saw his entire football team at Pasadena High School come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior one week in Revival Crusade at the Pasadena Memorial Stadium back years ago. Did you ever go through anything like that? Did you ever work in Vacation Bible School for 5 weeks, 2000 kids? I mean your tongue was hanging down like that when the week was over. And yet, the next week after you had one good night's sleep, you thought, "Wow. All of those children coming to Jesus. Oh, it's demanded, but I think it's one of the greatest weeks." You go off to camp I can talk about church camp if if for those of us that are Baptists for years when we hear the word Glorietta, Ridgecrest, Peach Creek. Maybe we hear Trinity Pines. Maybe we hear Danbury, the Lakes of Danbury. Maybe we hear Oak Ranch. You say, I don't even know what any of those are. Let me tell you something. There's a whole lot of people here that remember the first time they went to one of those places. And they remember how that one week was the greatest week of their life. What if you could do that forever? I can remember Plashes, Texas because I was 15 years old and I received a letter from a 15-year-old girl. There was a Garner State Park. I was being spiritual and she was sitting on a rattlesnake out in Lakey, Texas. And she happened to be my wife now of almost 50 years. You think that week was important to me? You bet it was. But here's a question. Here's the point of this. Do you remember ever spending a week with God and seeing God really do something and say, what if every week could be like that? Let me tell you something, it can be. Different environment, different circumstances. How many times have you heard them say about football games, this is the greatest football game ever played. I've heard that 250 times in my life. Now, 249 people are lying. (laughs) You know? But let me tell you, whenever you understand the great commandment is go to the uttermost parts of the world, share the gospel, that uttermost part may be right over here in this children's building. I don't know where it is, but here's what I'm telling you. When the Bible says, go and I'll be with you, that is a commandment to God's army to get out and get it done. Go out into the real world because Satan doesn't want you to experience those kind of things. John 10, 10 says this. The thief, that's Satan, cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I am come, Jesus said, that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. The devil does not want you to serve. He does not want you to go on a mission trip. He does not want you to get involved in seeing people born again, like Wes Holloman said 30 minutes ago, talking to this mama and dad. And that story is that precious lady drove by the cross out here twice, and she started crying and drove off. Went home, and her husband comes in later, and he came by the cross, drove in, and got saved. And when she got home, having wiped her tears, he tells her, I've been to that cross down there on the freeway, and I just invited Jesus in my life. And now we saw the little girl joining him in the baptistry a while ago of 30 minutes. Isn't that great? I mean, God is an awesome God. He does stuff, and we're just up there. Saying, oh, okay, we got another one. Seems like they have them every week down there, you know. I don't know how they for the water built that church. So here we go. Let me give you a statement. God wants you, now here's where fulfillment comes. God wants you to spend your life doing things that have eternal value. The devil equips you to not ever do that. And I could give you a lot of examples, I'll give you the most common one. I'm talking to you that say, I never talk about religion at work, at play. Or anywhere I go, I, I don't talk about politics and I don't, take, I don't talk about religion. Now, that's the most common statement that I've heard in my lifetime. You know what you're saying? What you're simply saying is, that's two areas that I'm not going to talk about. And God said, that's the only reason I left you here is to talk about your faith in me. Say, you think about going off on hunting and fishing trips so you can get away and get with the guys. And hear the guys talk, hear their stories see their actions, but do you, do you realize that you can go on those same trips and your whole thought is, how am I going to get this professional hunter saved? See, I've seen professional hunters that I've hunted with baptized at Sagemont Church from Africa, and one of them is in heaven right now, killed in a plane crash after he got saved. I can tell you stories from this week of two people that I've talked to on the telephone that the first time that I ever had an encounter with them was a group of men at this church who went on a outing for men, but instead of beer and whiskey and, and magazines and pornography and gambling, they were giving their testimony to Jesus Christ. And a man that I talked to this week came on the phone this week and said, I'll never forget that, that dove hunting trip in South Texas. When those two guys started quoting those scriptures and tell what Jesus did in their life, and I prayed, and I'll never forget the next morning when I walked out. And sat down with a cup of coffee. And it was a peace that I never had in my life. You see the difference folks. A lot of us run into this kind of stuff. And, and instead of using it for an opportunity to stay on the battlefield. We retreat and go back to our old way of living. Paul said in 2 Timothy 2.4. no man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him who has chosen us to be a soldier. Many of us are so involved in our civilian activities that we rarely get on the battlefield. We just don't do it. I've just given you the illustrations. If you're going to be a soldier, you've got to get on the battlefield. Now let me tell you another thing. If you're a military man and you've been on the battlefield, and you've seen the bullets flying. You don't like to have a company full of guys that stay down in the foxhole and just hold the weapon up and kind of go like this with it. You know, don't know where they're aiming. All they know is they're supposed to shoot and come home with no bullets, but they never aim at anything. They're not very good soldiers that we be with. What you want to do is have a plan, a purpose. It's okay to plan a hunting and fishing trip, and they and you know before you ever start where you're going with this trip. They're just going along thinking they're going to have a good time, and they're going to have the best time of their life. Best time of their life. But you've got to plan the strategy. Now, the commander-in-chief says, I'm calling you into the battlefield. I, you've been in civilian life long enough. Now, I want you to get out. I want you to get in the battlefield and, and spiritual warfare... It's what we're involved in, and we've got to get in, in there. We can put more than seven shots in our clip, okay? We can just be ready to shoot the Scripture at them from all directions. You know, anywhere you want to go, I'm going to nail you with the Word of God because God's ways are higher than man's ways, and the proof is in the change that happens in people's life. We used to sing an old song years ago, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord, and uh, we just sing. Anybody could sing It didn't matter if you knew the tune or not. You just get up and just shout, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. But most of us feel comfortable. I think I'll just stay in the stands. I'll just be a civilian. I don't want any shrapnel thrown at me. Somebody might get offended. You know, isn't it it really funny when you say, I'm afraid I'm going to run them off. Now, is that not the most asinine statement you can make about a lost person? Where in the world do you run them? Hell number two? Hell number three? You know, what's the deal? You know, they're already hanging, they're already going to become a suicide bomber, you know. They're fixing to blow up and spend eternity in hell because it is appointed and a man wants to die. But you can save them and recruit them into the army of God. And with the same zeal that they go against good things, they can go against evil things. You ever figured out, ever thought about it? I'm going to come back to this again. What would it be like if you could live every day about I like the, that week of revival, that week at camp, that week on a mission trip? What would it be like? What would life be like? You say, I think it's impossible in my case. No, it's not. You see, the scripture says, Teach them to observe all the things that I've commanded you, not suggested to you. I want you to teach them all the things I've commanded you, and lo, I'll be with you even to the end of the world. Have you ever read that scripture? I quote it often. It's it's in uh, Luke 6, 46. And why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say. Why do you not do what I asked you to do? That's what he's asking us. The Jews rejected Jesus. You know what happened? Paul and Barnabas out there preaching to the Jews. They finally say, ah, we don't want any of that. We're too sophisticated of that. Uh, Paul and Barnabas, this is in Acts 13, 44 through 49, Paul and Barnabas wax bold and they said it was necessary that the word of God should first be spoken to you Jews. But seeing you put it from you and you judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, we're turning to the Gentiles. And so the gospel has come to us. How clear, how clear. Anytime there's a command from the father, there's a way. Where there's a command... There's a way. Example. When temptation comes. There's a way out. Well where is it? 1 Corinthians 10.13. There's no temptation. Taken you. But such is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. And will with temptation also make a way of escape. That you may be able to bear it. If if the command comes, there is an escape. How about when God gives you an assignment, you say, I can't do that. You know what he says? Philippians 2.13. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You notice when God gives an assignment, he produces a power. If God tells us to go to the uttermost part of the world, he'll provide the manpower, the financial needs, the time, if God has told us to do that. Never would he send us on a battlefield where we're not equipped. We don't depend on the weapons of Satan for our warfare. We depend upon his weapons, and his weapons tear down the strongholds and allow us to walk through and the victory. Isaiah fifty four seventeen. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Second Corinthians ten three. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, listen to this, are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God created us to do good works. That's what you're here for. You know why you're struggling? Because you have decided I'm not going to get involved. I'm too old. I'm not equipped. I don't know the Bible that well. But you know, you go in the Bible and it says, guys like Peter, you think Peter was a theologian? And he preaches on the day of Pentecost. God takes us where we are. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And he says, if you will... Take my orders, do what I tell you, I've got a promise for you, I will give you abundant life. So that whether you live, you live unto the Lord, if you die, you die unto the Lord. In our weakness we are made strong. If I am uh, abound, I will praise the Lord. If I am abased, I will praise the Lord. Whether I am well or sick, I will praise the Lord. Oh, there's another old gospel song for that. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. You know, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to make it somehow. Theology is not very good on that because I tell you, the way you're going to make it to heaven is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to give you the gift. Now, your job is to carry out, and my job, his commandments. I want you to remember the setting for this. Jesus had just risen from the grave. His disciples are around him. They're worshiping him. And he shocks them with what he tells them. They are to get enlisted in the army of God and carry the gospel to the world. And Jesus came and spake unto them. And he said, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. That's the 18th verse. And then he gives the 19th and 20th. He said, now I want you to go. My job is finished, Jesus said. Now it is your time. Mark 16, 15, go to all the world, preach the gospel. Matthew, I've already given you, here's what Jesus said when he came uh, after the resurrection. Matthew 28, 19, 20, go ye therefore and make disciples. Here's what Mark, here's the way he put it. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. That's 16th chapter, 15th verse. Listen to what Luke said, 24th chapter, verse 46. Repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all the nations. And then in John... In the Synoptic Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the final one, John, his words were, he quoted Jesus when he said, now just follow me, just follow me. I want you to know something, folks. If you've ever been in a dangerous situation, I've been in a lot of them. It ain't nothing like having a guide who says, follow me. Not, I'll follow you. You go get them, you know, and I'll cover your backside. No. You follow me. That's all Jesus said. He said, I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't done. Your power is going to come from the same place my power came from. And all power is given to me in heaven and earth. And greater things shall you do than I did. Just think about that. But you've got to take on the responsibility of knowing that we're not saved to sit on the premises. We're, stand, we're saved to stand on the promises and get out and get it done. In Acts chapter 2, very interesting. Now listen to this. I'm almost through. So listen real carefully. You remember in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people were saved in one day. You remember Peter preached 3,000 one day, all right? Now, by the year 100, A.D. 100, there were 25,000 estimates, historians tell us, of Christians on the the earth. 25,000. By A.D. 300, 200 years later, that's the length of, of the history of our country almost. We're 200 plus years old. But by the year 300, there were 30 million Christians on the planet. Just in those 200 years. Did you know in China, 1950, 1950, there were 1 million Christians. Do you know as I preach to you today, they're approaching 100 million Christians in China. Now, why hadn't America grown like that? Why are we reporting every year less and less and less and less? You know why? Because we have laid down our spiritual weapons and we have canceled our involvement in the army of God. And we've decided we'll sit back and we'll watch it happen. And every once in a while, we'll raise our hand and say, oh, they shouldn't do that up there. I'm not going to vote for them. Then we get back down again. You know, rather than say, listen, no weapons form against me I'm getting with it. I'm enlisting in the army. I'm ready to, I am ready to go back. You ever see those soldiers wounded? I saw two this week on television. Wounded warriors. Interviewed. They put the microphone. No arms. One of them, no arms, nor any legs. With his family standing beside him. And he said, if you had to do over again, would you go back? And you said, you bet I would in a heartbeat. That's a real soldier. It doesn't matter what happens to me. I'm on a mission for my Lord. That's what Paul said about himself. If I live, I live, if I die, I die. Whether well, I live or die, I'm the Lord's. I got an assignment and I'm not going back down. I'm going to take it to the devil. Why can't we have that happen in America? Is it impossible to have revival in America? If the Bible says in the last days perilous times shall come and men shall be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, Why can we not compete against the great crowds that pay huge prices to be entertained? It's simply biblical prophecy being fulfilled. Vietnam, do you remember when the war was over? Old Sagemont members, do you remember how many came to Sagemont? Do you remember the outpouring of love when we were over there in what's called the hall now? The entire balcony was filled with Vietnamese people. My next-door neighbors came from Vietnam. They had absolutely nothing. Today, the gospel is growing underground in Vietnam like never before. Let me give an example. Last night, last night I went to a restaurant over in Pearland. It was called an Asian Bistro, and uh, it was over there, close to First Baptist Church in Pearland, right there on what is that, five twenty-eight or five eighteen? I think it is. I went in there and. I'd been told by the people, my son and his wife was uh, was with us, and another couple was with They'd been in before and they'd been told that one of them had just been baptized. So they wanted to introduce me to the, the one that had been baptized. So he came out before the meal. We were there about five o'clock, nobody was there but us. I mean, we were on one restaurant. He comes out and we introduced him, you know, and he has a, a a prayer on a piece of paper in Vietnamese. He asked if he can pray for us at before we eat then when you turn it over, it's in English. So we got a deal said, okay, you pray for us in Vietnamese, and then we'll turn it over, and we'll pray in English. A real beautiful prayer. Well, after that, I was introduced to him. I told him I'm the pastor of the Sagemite Church. Oh, over there where the big cross Said, Yeah, over there where the big cross Says, You know how that goes. And uh, I said, you know, we love Vietnamese people over here. And uh, I said, we have a ministry to them and so forth. And I said, you can watch us on the, on the Internet. So here's what I said to him. So I whipped out my, my, my new I-4 that somebody gave me. I think that's what you call it. But anyway, I'm going to show him the website. Well, I can't find it. All right. So I tell him it's SageMyChurch.org. I said, you can just push it and, and the button, you know. And I'm really, you know, spouting it off. And then I can't find it. So I go outside to the people that are out there that know more about the computer than I do. And I said, I'm trying to show them my website and I couldn't get it on. So they took it thing and they fixed it for me. So I walked back in and I told him, stagemychurch.org. That's what I told him. Now this is three minutes later. I'm out there, I come back, I walk into that restaurant, Asian Bistro, and over the counter is this man with a big computer on, the cook is watching, and every waiter and every waitress is watching our services last Sunday on that computer. That's how long it took that man to become what I'm talking to you about. Become? Did he sell his restaurant and go to Africa as a missionary? No. But he knew he had a room full of a captive audience, And we were gone. There were nobody there but them. And they're already, he's showing them the gospel of Jesus Christ in their language. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we're talking about. Where is your battlefield? Where are you going tomorrow? What are you going to do tomorrow? Who's your golf group? Who's your domino playing bunch or whatever you like to do? It doesn't make any difference. I'm not telling you give it up. I'm telling you to take the gospel out there and find out how happy you'll be like those people that were at that cross last Thursday when that man came by and drove up and gave his heart to Jesus. We gave it that while they were crying because they were involved on the battlefield and they're bringing back one that's now not a prisoner of war but he has been set free by the gospel to be an heir of God and a joint heir with the commander-in-chief and the king of kings. That's our assignment. That's what we're to do, and that's where the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. You think about it. You think about it if you're down today. You think about it if you're feeling helpless today. You think about it if you feel like the world is passing you by. Have you been a faithful soldier to carry the good news, knowing. And as that scripture closes, you say, I don't think I can do that. You know what he says? And lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. What a promise. What an opportunity. What a challenge. I challenge you to join with me and all of our church and Christians that are in the army of God To get the gospel to the world before this one, the Lord Jesus comes back again. Let us pray. I'm sure today that I'm talking to some that if you were totally honest, you'd say I'm really on the verge of a a meltdown, maybe breakdown, whatever you want to call it. I'm discouraged. I don't understand what the Lord's doing. I feel so weak. Do you understand it's in your weakness that he's strong? But I'm so confused. I just don't know which way to turn. He said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the light. Would you just think about right now, if you're not a Christian, why would you refuse the gospel? Why wouldn't you want to be an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ? If you are here and you say, but I just don't think there's any purpose for organized practice of your faith. Why did Jesus say there was and you say there wasn't? We need each other and God needs all of us. Maybe you're here today and you just really, 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 really struggling like the Emory Gads and the Chuck Snyder's that I name to you all the time, the Roy Gales, the Jim Greens, that are on our church staff, that one time sat right where you were, are sitting. And all of a sudden God said, I've got something for you, and I've shut a lot of doors. Sometimes people lose all their money, sometimes they lose their health. But in that, God is made strong and they discover The greatest days of their life. So wherever you are today, you may be watching or listening and not in this room. God has a plan for you. Our Heavenly Father, I pray as we bring this time together that there might be in our midst such a powerful moving of the Holy Spirit that no one would go out and get in the car and drive off to the same old life that that they had yesterday if that life is not fulfilling I pray father that you will show to every individual that looks this is where I want you to serve this is your place to fish for men this is your place to hunt for men and women this is your place to study and show yourself approved that our young people in the classroom that are athletes on the playing field, our business people in the office, our teachers in the classroom, our medical people that are in the hospital, our police that serve as ministers, and the law enforcement, and those that serve in the courthouse, and those that serve in the factories, and in the shop, and in the restaurant, would see this is my assigned place. This is the battlefield, and I will be a faithful soldier of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Father, you do that that only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We pray that today's message has brought you to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us Sundays at 8, 9.30 and 11 a.m. at Sagemont Church in the Worship Auditorium. For more information, check us out at www.sagemontchurch.org.